Episode 78, Vulnerability Breeds Productivity. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hi, Elite Educators. This is Gretchen from Always a Lesson. And whether you're teaching a lesson or you're learning one yourself, this podcast is for you. I'm here to empower you to reach your potential. And I refer to you as Elite because that really describes someone that takes time to invest in themselves by listening to a podcast like this to help hone their craft. I want to start first by thanking you all for tuning in each week. I've received some of the most wonderful reviews on iTunes. So if you enjoy the show, help me by subscribing and leaving a rating with a review. This just tells iTunes to continue pushing out the show, which of course helps more and more teachers each day. Today's shout out goes out to Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast. He entitled his review, Always a Great Podcast. He said, Gretchen knows her stuff and presents a great podcast that should be recommended to all educators to check out and learn from. Gretchen's passion for education is evident in her tone, topics, and presentation. Thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate your compliments and for calling out the passion that I do have to just ensure we are all hanging in the game. We are encouraged to go out each and every day and make an impact. And I'm glad that that's coming out in the topics we're discussing and my tone and the way I present the information. So thanks so much for stopping by and leaving a rating with a review. Today I want to help you reignite your passion and potential by talking about how being vulnerable can actually catapult your rate of success and productivity in the classroom. This podcast episode is especially for those teacher leaders, so hang on. This is going to be one empowering ride. I love to share with you the reason behind every episode, so I had another topic in mind that I wanted to discuss this week, but but I like to be inspired as I think it really comes out in my message. And so recently, I had my best friend come over, and she works in human resources, non-education related And she was talking about the power of feedback. And I know this topic very well because of working with the New Teacher Project and how feedback is just part of everything we do. I mean, no one can escape feedback from beginners to the experts. And it is just how we do things. And I have become so much more effective in the classroom and as a leader because of the feedback I've been given And so I was interested to hear, you know, how this looks in her daily life. And she ended up giving me an idea of something that we could implement in education to really ensure that everyone is really pulling their weight from custodian staff all the way up to administrators. So she talked about a feedback-rich environment, meaning that, that both honesty and vulnerability are encouraged and they're actually rewarded. And throughout her conversation, she kept saying the word we, and it made it feel very inclusive that even though people have titles in her line of work, that really they're all on the same playing field because they're working towards the same goal. They just have a specific aspect that they're in charge of or that, you know, is their niche. But 
together, you know, they're, they're a team and they are required to do the best that they can. And in order to do so, they have to hold each other accountable. You know, we're all in this together. And I thought, man, we really need that within our own classrooms. You know, teachers asking students for feedback on either what they need help with or the teaching style or how they can really just make the information make sense. Because it's not about doing well on a test. It's, I want to teach you something. Tell me what you need in order for you to really get it. And so we need to go right to the source, right to the students, and find out exactly what we can do to better the avenue in which we're providing the information. It could also be the teacher to the student, you know, giving them feedback on ways that they need to study better or study differently or ask questions or how to communicate with one another, you know, constantly giving directives and feedback. And I can see it even maybe, you know, an assistant teacher working with a teacher and talking back and forth about how they could both be better. You know, hey, I noticed today you were really focused on this one group because they were so close to really getting it, but the rest of the class was just kind of sitting there watching. So tomorrow I want, I suggest, or I think you should try making sure everyone is involved, even if one group seems to be closer to understanding a topic more than others. And the teacher may say, I had no idea I did that, or I had no idea I had my back to the side of the room, or I had no idea so-and-so was talking the entire lesson. just helps to have another eye. And feedback isn't necessarily, you're not good at this. It's, hey, this is something I noticed. Let's try this together. You know, maybe even ask parents for their feedback. They're the ones that are with their children at home and see a different side of their child and maybe have some inside information if the child's not willing to open up to you completely. And so to be able to say, I know that, you know, you have to follow this protocol, but I want you to know how this makes my child feel. You know, a parent took me aside one time when we did timed multiplication tests and said, it literally ruins my child, the anxiety that they feel with the time. And they know their facts because I study with them every night. What are my options? I just want to make sure I'm not devastating my child. And I thought to myself, why are we doing these time tests? You know, sometimes you just get into such a routine you never really think about the purpose. And so I thought, you know, if the whole purpose is to be able to know your multiplication facts, which we're not big on memorization now, but, you know, a decade ago we were, you know, and, and so I thought, okay, if this child truly can't do it, then, you know, do I move them on? Do I excuse them? But it was really just a great pause for me to say, thank you for respecting me enough to come to me and say, I'm willing to follow the rules here. I just want to let you know how this makes my child feel and maybe there's something we can do about it. And so that feedback was super helpful and we we were able to not have a timer for her um, in terms of the environment of ready, set, go. She was able to take it as her morning work and I had the timer but wasn't you know, in her face about it and the whole class wasn't doing it and it wasn't a stressful environment. And she finished every single time. Uh, So her mother was accurate that she knew her stuff, but it was just the whole environment of everyone, turn your papers over and don't turn them over until I say go and ready, say go. And you have a minute left and you have 30 seconds left. And, you know, that was just too much for her. So again, that helped me grow. And so I think we just need to make sure everyone is open to the feedback and that everyone knows you're open to the feedback. You know, this parent didn't necessarily know how I was going to take the news. So from that point on, I always told parents, if there's something that you think could make the environment better for your child, please come forth and let me know. I'm willing to work with you. And parents were just like shocked. Like, you want to hear from us? You 
respect what we think and you want our ideas. And most of the time they were like, well, you know best. You know, they ended up actually pumping me up. But it was just because they felt respected and knowing that the option was there on the table. And um, we are a team. We are in this together. How about learning walks? You know, I have a product on Teachers Pay Teachers to really help schools learn how to implement a learning walk, which is just when a teacher goes into another teacher's room. So there's literally no evaluation. It's no gotcha. It's literally a form to help the person in there see as much as they can within a period. Because sometimes you walk in and you get so excited just looking at the decorations on the walls that you're not even looking at the instruction happening. And so the the form is kind of just to help your brain stay focused and jot down ideas that you want to steal. But then there is an opportunity to leave feedback to the teacher because, listen, if you're being vulnerable and someone's coming in your room and you know, you know, eyes are on you or on your students, you kind of want to know, so what'd you think? And it's not necessarily like, hey, good job. You know, that's not very specific feedback, but I liked when you blank, you know, or one thing you might try is blank. And so to be able to have this opportunity for teachers to see each other, I mean, that's the best professional development because you're working with the same kind of kids. You're working in the same school under the same premise. It just helps you see another way to reach your students. And I always, always come away with some idea, whether I want to restructure the furniture in the room, or I liked the tone that the teacher utilized, or the technology implementation was really strong, or the students took ownership, you know, whatever it was, I thought, wow, well, that's missing. I can't wait to take that back. No one had to tell me that I needed this, but I was able to go in and do that through the learning walks, but taking it a step further and then thanking that teacher, but giving them something specific to take away from too, since they were willing to give you something, you're giving back to let them know something that they did great or a way to push themselves to continue doing great. Through the new teacher project, when I did walkthroughs as a coach, I always gave a glow and a grow. So something that you did well, that's your glow, and one way to do something better, or one way to tweak something, that's your area of growth. It doesn't mean it's bad, it's just here's one thing I want to push. And I always left it on post-it note, and I was out. And they loved being able to, in the moment, know, what did you see? And, you know, they couldn't believe it. Within 30 seconds, I was able to kind of snapshot some of these techniques you know, but that's what happens when you're in classrooms all the time. You get to see and steal and borrow from lots of teachers. So all my suggestions came from something I had seen somewhere else. And I'd always leave a name, go see blank, uh, for an idea of what this looks like live. And so they say, Hey, you know, Gretchen was in, she told me that you do this technique really well. Can I watch you do it? Or can you teach me how to do it? And so I, getting each other to work together, it's not about me and what I think is right. It's, hey, I saw this. Let's use it. You know, let's all get stronger together. And that's all because of, because of feedback. And we keep talking. We want to be lifelong learners. We That means we never outgrow feedback. You know, we're not ever reaching this this perfect model of ourselves. We're trying to gain skills. And then when we gain those, we're raising the bar. We're trying to acquire new skills. So to bring you back to, you know, the conversation I was having with my best friend is she said, you know, it's like the feedback sandwich. And I'm like, what is that feedback sandwich? And she's like, well, you start with positive. So what the person did well, then you, you know, have the area for growth, the negative feedback, but then you end on a positive note, just like an Oreo sandwich or, a normal deli sandwich, and it's just to make sure that 
it kind of the positivity hooks them to listen to you but then the meat of what you're saying is that area of growth but then you're ending on a high note because the thing with feedback that people hate is oh god what I do wrong and that's all they hold on to but especially as you gain all these skills it's like you are 90% there you've got a whole lot of amazingness we just have this small area I'm honing in on and I know you feel like I'm harping and you can't do anything right, but that's not it at all. It's we're just going to keep trying to push your capabilities as far and wide as we can. And it takes a while, but you know, people really do end up saying, I really love this. Like it's almost an addiction to keep getting better. And every time I pop in, it's like, okay, how'd I do? What can I try next? Or what'd you think? Uh, you told me this last week. I tried it out. How am I doing? You're still doing great. We're going to focus on it. We still got to strengthen it, but you're much better than you were off before. And it's like this high of accomplishment. And it's a way to just keep making sure you are doing your best for your kids and you're modeling to them to be open-minded to what other people have to say and really working together as a collective unit is such a powerful culture shift that I don't see in every single school and it's a shame because the schools that are doing well are so wide open meaning they you know from like I keep saying the cafeteria worker all the way up to admin is open to feedback and they really are encouraged and want you even if you feel like I just walked in off the street why do they care what I think Well, because you have a different perspective they haven't heard from. And as long as someone can keep pointing out an area to get better or something that they're stronger in, it's fantastic. I know for me, I loved when my weakness became my strength. When someone finally complimented me on something that I had been working so hard for so long on, and I would say, you know, would you ever believe that that was the one piece of feedback I got for years that I didn't do well? And they are like, what? I can't believe it. And like that is the power of feedback that you're able to finally move something from the negative column into the positive column. I don't know how I feel about the feedback sandwich because I know a lot of people think it's just a nice fluffy way to tell someone they're doing something wrong. Uh, I still do the glow and grow just because I've, that's how I was trained and it's hard to kind of unbreak a habit. But I guess apparently that is what works in her environment. And so she said, and we take that a step further and we do what's called a feedback triangle. And so I'm like, God, what are all these terms? Okay, what does this mean? She's like, this is when the leader sits down with two subordinates. So two people that report to the leader. So this person's in charge of the performance of these two people. And they sit down with a neutral party who is just there to guide the conversation, really. Um, And so that's her. She's that neutral person from HR. And so she's getting everyone to give feedback to each other. And maybe she's restating something so it makes sense to someone else. Um, Maybe someone gets off track, so she's pulling them in. So she's really just the guide. Um, But what's so fascinating is I'm thinking, how in the world would this look in education? Like, who are the leader and the subordinates, you know? Well, I was thinking, okay, so you could have a facilitator. Maybe that's a coach. And they're working specifically with a handful of teachers. Will you bring them all in together? And maybe it's not the admin that's sitting there running the conversation. Maybe it's the secretary, you know, just someone totally neutral, uninvolved, trained in how to get the conversation going and how to keep it on track. But, you know, not necessarily someone that is going to weigh in on what's happening. Or maybe it is a couple of teachers and the principal because the principal, you know, is the leader of those people. But whatever it might look like, 
I just found myself kind of derailing and not listening because I'm envisioning what this looks like, thinking to myself, I cannot imagine sitting in a room and my principal's asking me for feedback. And let's say, you know, there's someone from the district there or something, you know, listening. It's like so much pressure, but it's really like that because we've never done it before. It's completely foreign. It's out of the box. It's awkward. You know, first time you do anything, how are they going to react? How do I phrase this? Is this going to come up later and bite me? You know, am I even prepared? Do I even know what I would even say? Um, but when a leader showcases being vulnerable, it really encourages the staff to do the same. If they're, you know, admitting their mistakes or they're brainstorming ideas for where to go with the school with the actual staff that's going to be doing the work, or they're asking them for their own ideas, or they're appointing staff to specific tasks, letting them know you are really strong and I need you to do this. And you are really strong over here. So I need you to do this. Um, and being very specific with praise, you know, not just good job. I'm so thankful you're part of our staff. Your strength in this area is really helping us with blank. You know, one teacher was so gregarious. She was just over the top friendly and invested in, in people. And so we put her, you know, in the front office really working with the community um, after hours because that was her strength. And we knew we needed better relationships with the community and really help with some fundraising efforts. And because of her personality and because of the way she communicated with others, we were able to really reach our goals in that area. And that was because the principal was willing to step aside and say, this is your strength. You need to be doing this. And she learned right along with her. She was with her every step of the way and watched the way she communicated and watched, you know, the way she would start to get someone interested in being a partner with the school. And, you know, she was gleaning from her and you know, I think I rarely see a leader step back and learn from someone that's not technically in a leadership role. And it's beautiful because we all have something to contribute, whether we have a badge or not. You know, my father-in-law, he is a retired principal. He worked his way up. He was a teacher. He was an athletic director. Then he moved up to AP and then he was principal. And so I always chat with him about what's going on and what he would do if he were in this situation and he always says, and he was so, I mean, uber successful. And they actually, now that he's retired, they keep coming back. The superintendent keeps asking him, please come back, you know, fill this slot for just, it'll just be six months. You know, we need you. You're really going to help lift this school and teach the staff. And he's like, no, no, you know, he's so humble. And he's like, it has nothing to do with me. What I did that I think contributes to the success is the fact that I found people who were good at things I was not good at, and I let them go be good at them. I mean, it's so simple. It's, I don't know much about this topic, but I need to find someone who is. When I find you, I'm putting you in charge of everything related to that topic. It doesn't mean I'm checking out. I'm going to be right there with you, and you're going to teach me everything I need to know. But I am man enough to say, I don't know. And I'm man enough to put you in charge because you do know. And I always admired that about him. He wanted to be in the loop. He wanted to learn and grow. But he knew where he was good. And that's where he appointed himself. And he knew where he wasn't. And he appointed somebody else. And he always said that school was great because of the people he chose to work there. Uh, and I think that's powerful. That would be someone who is able to be vulnerable and open to feedback and willing to really put the staff and kids first. 
you know, how much could this attitude change our schools if we truly had this team mentality, meaning everyone's equal, meaning everyone has to pull their weight, meaning everyone is susceptible to feedback. No one is exempt. You know, no leader is, is too high up to not receive feedback from anyone that's below them because we're really beside each other. It's not a ladder. It's, you know, turn that horizontal. We are doing this together. Just like in student teaching, you're so vulnerable. You want that feedback. You're appreciating that feedback. You look up to the experts, but why does that stop? Why does that dry out? Why is it the only time in our career where we are accepting that we don't know something and we're willing to say it and we're willing to learn? You know, from my own experience, I had to beg people to coach me. I remember going to people that were my leaders at the time asking, what can I do that would be better and show me what that looks like. And you should see their faces when they tell you to do something. And I say, okay, great. So what would that look like? And, you know, it's like, uh, and they weren't prepared to walk me through, to really coach me through what it could look like. And I say, okay, so if you don't know who in the building is really good at that, so I could go watch them. Like, uh, you know, so that tells you the feedback culture wasn't there. They weren't prepared for the conversation. They were willing to tell me what I needed to work on, but they weren't able to tell me how or to give me some ideas. They couldn't point me in the direction of somebody else. And that was a shame because that was a moment where I could have gotten better, but it was stumped because now I had to figure out how to implement my own feedback. And sometimes it's hard when you're not really sure what they're trying to get at and they're not even sure, you know. I shouldn't have to seek out people to give me feedback. People should just constantly, as I'm working with them, say, hey, let's try this, or I think you might want to do this, or you're really good at that. It should just be part of what we do. I shouldn't have to say, I really want to get better. Who can I talk to today that's going to push me, or who can be honest with me? Or You know, that's just a lot of wasted time. It needs to be just the way it is that we're constantly doing that for each other. So what do I think that we should be doing? I want you to approach either your teaching team or your admin team with this idea of feedback. You know, give them an example of what it could look like and sound like at your school and then maybe head it up because they'll say, well, that's not, we don't have anything like that. Say, great, I would love to be the one that helps start it. Get a few of your friends on board. You know, one way to do that is start the conversation. Take a common experience like, I don't know, riding a bike. And ask them, you know, how did you become good at riding a bike? And they'll say, oh, practice. Like, "Mm, did someone work with you when you're practicing? Oh, yeah, you know, my dad or my mom or my brother, you know, were they good at riding a bike? Yeah, yeah, they knew, and so they were helping me. Right, so it wasn't that you were just practicing over and over and over again. It was that someone was giving you tips and strategies to get better, and those were what you were practicing. Because you just going out not knowing how to ride a bike and practicing not knowing how to ride a bike doesn't mean you come in suddenly knowing how to ride a bike. So there was someone there, some expert there, that was willing to give you feedback, and you got better, and then they gave you more feedback, and you got even better, and you got more feedback. You know, you never graduated out of getting feedback. And they'll say, yeah, that's true. You'll say, okay, so... Let's figure out how to do that in the classroom. And they may shut down like, whoa, no, no, no. It was cool when it was riding a bike, but not, you know, when it's about my future and my job and my paycheck. But encourage them to, to say, you know, you trusted that person that gave you feedback. You wanted to hear what they had to say. They made you feel safe. They made you feel encouraged. You looked up to them as an expert and they knew how to ride the bike. And we have that here. We have people 
that know how to do things, that you look up to, that you're comfortable talking with, who are going to help you get there. Not tell you every day you're not good at something, but it's, here's what I want you to get good at, and here's how you can do it. So it's constructive. It's forward thinking, not bashing, not belittling. And that's how we have to set up the culture. And then try and give an example from education. You know, maybe the copy machine broke and it took a week to fix and you start thinking, okay, why this happened? Well, it was broken. The teacher went to the front office, reported it. The front office mentioned it to the principal and nothing ever happened. And so you go, the principal say, okay, where was the breakdown of what happened? And the principal might say, you know, I never appointed someone to be the one to take care of the copy machine. And And so I thought I could handle it, but I end up getting pulled in so many directions. I don't know that that's really an appropriate task for me. I think Susan in the front office would be great. We can report it to her. She'll call the company. They'll come out. It'll be much faster than a week, whatever it is. And you'll say that vulnerability from the administrator willing to take your feedback of this shouldn't be taking a week. We need this copy machine. What can we do about it? helped problem solve and now it's appointed and it's on someone else's plate who's capable of doing it in a timely manner. So if we didn't have that approach, if you didn't feel like you could go to your administrator and the administrator didn't want to hear about what's not working, then there was never a solution. So we really need to apply this concept of being vulnerable and it being okay because it's really going to lead to being productive and successful. We have to hold each other accountable. We got to be on top of our game. You know, we don't have to be perfect, but we have to be comfortable approaching one another with feedback. And we have to be confident enough in our own talent to take that feedback with an attitude of gratitude because it took someone to come over here and point something out. You should thank them immediately because you didn't see it yourself. You didn't have that perspective. But then you've got to implement it immediately. And that is the key to not just give each other feedback, but then to do something about it. And how is this going to benefit you? Well, kids need qualified teachers in every single room. So if we can help each other step up minute after minute, our kids have a fighting chance. You know, our leaders need to know how to be better for the staff that they have today, not the staff they had yesterday or last year or the staff that they want to have, but they need to know how to be a better leader for you, their current staff. And they don't know unless you give them feedback. And the same way goes for them to you. You don't know how to get better unless they give you specific feedback. So if everyone is open to getting better without taking offense and implementing it immediately, oh my gosh, would we be so much better off than we are. And so I'm so glad I had this conversation with my best friend about feedback and having a feedback-rich environment is what she called it. And that feedback triangle, having that neutral party to just help the conversation going back and forth about something that they could do better. Okay, it's your turn. What's something I could do better? Great, and just having that safe place and safe time to do so. It maybe maybe doesn't have to be that formal. It could be like what I said about a glow and a grow on a post-it note and move on, you know, or passing in the hallway. Um, but I just, it really brought to light what's missing in education, and it's that feedback piece. And the reason I love the triangle analogy was it made it feel like everyone's involved. It's not just top-down. It's horizontal. We're all stepping up to the same line. We all have an important job. We all have to pull our weight. We have to make sure everyone's doing a great job. Uh, So it's not just the principal telling everyone else what to do. It's we're all telling each other how we can get better because we owe it to ourselves to be our best. 
All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on creating opportunities for vulnerability to surface. That's an effort to make ourselves and those around us more productive and successful. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. This podcast is sponsored by the Educators Podcast Network, a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to edupodcastnetwork.com for more details.